Good day, everyone. Oh, good day. What a day it is. And thank you for your response for Heart for His House. And if you have not had a chance to jump in and participate in that and do so, you can do it today, okay, with a card and a seat near you. I do want to just say that um, Christmas is on us. And so in preparation for that, we are offering a lot of experiences. And we call them experiences right here because we want people to experience Jesus. And uh, you may call them services, whatever, but we're going to have 17 of them starting this coming Thursday to Monday. Okay, that's in a few short days. We're going to have 17 experiences. Why do we do that? Okay, we have two different uh, services that's going to be happening. We've got our Christmas at North from Thursday to Sunday. We're adding a, uh, another experience for Saturday night at 5 o'clock at the Oklahoma City location. And then starting Sunday night, we're going to have our candlelight experiences. And they're going to be running uh, all the way through till Monday evening. Okay, and with those, 17 of them, eight for Christ, excuse me, nine at Christmas at North, and eight of them uh, for the candlelight, is opportunity for you to invite your friends, your family, coworkers, neighbors, anyone else to experience the love of Jesus Christ. The book that we open every single week, 66 books found in the Bible, we believe is the story of God. It's the story of his love, his mercy, his grace. And we want everyone, all of your friends, all of your family to hear it again and again. And some of your family may be de-churched. They used to come to church. They don't anymore. Or maybe they are far from God. Either way, we want to be a spiritual family because we believe at North, everybody needs to have a physical family, but everybody more importantly needs to have a spiritual family because that family is for eternity. Hello? And we're going to give them the good news of Jesus Christ and we're going to love on them. We want you to be a part of that, okay? It can't happen without you bringing somebody. Eight out of 10 people say they would come to church if somebody would just simply invest in them and invite them. Tell them you're going to save them a seat. And the more seed you scatter and invites, the more harvest we're going to have in return, right? Okay. Are you, are you with this? Okay. And so for the, for the candlelight experiences, we do ask you to get tickets. Why are we doing this? Two reasons. One, we're going to be given every single experience. There's going to be eight of them. We're giving away incredible prizes for you to choose from, okay? And then secondly, secondly, and the more important reason is we need to know where you're coming because these are not our normal service experience times, okay? And the reason why we need to know is that if all of you decided to show up at the same one, we wouldn't have enough room for all of this. So we need to know so that we can be able to monitor and to be able to even close an experience if we need to based on the number of people that are coming, right? Okay, today is week number three of the series, Be Not Afraid. How many of you enjoyed this series so far? All right. That was a weak response considering that I was the one that preached the last two of them. But I'm telling you, you're about to hear the best right now. And the best, as a matter of fact, my all-time favorite preacher, hands down on the face of the planet that I've ever heard preach. Are you ready? Get your notepads out, get your Bibles, get your minds in tune, listen to the Holy Spirit, because you're about to hear one of the most awesome speakers in the whole wide world, and the message she is about to bring will rock your world if you've ever dealt with disappointment, okay? Would you give the big North Church welcome that she deserves to Shannon Fouts? Would you do it? Hello, Merry Christmas. So happy to see you this morning in the Lord's house. This is the third week of our series, Be Not Afraid. 
as Pastor Rodney just mentioned. I'm putting my spin on that title saying, be not afraid. You can deal with disappointment. You can, we all can. As surely as disappointments come into our life, just as surely the power of Christ within us will give us the power to overcome whatever disappointments we face. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we get to be in your house. Lord, I have been praying and pray again for the presence of your sweet spirit that changes everything. Your presence softens hearts, God. Your presence opens ears and minds to the truth. You said your spirit would guide us into all truth. We ask you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I shared this message initially a few weeks ago in North students on a Wednesday night, okay? And that's always fun. I enjoy being with them. And the reason I had this message on my heart is because I'm concerned that we have an epidemic of anxiety in our culture. And it is alarmingly among our young people, our students, and our kids dealing with anxiety. And you know, it's so important that we teach them how to cope, how to deal with problems, because life is full of problems. Problems are not going away. They're here. Jesus told us in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Somehow it still surprises us. But you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And as adults, we need to learn how to deal with disappointments through obedience to Christ so that those who are watching us, those little eyes, so that they also learn that they can overcome the troubles and disappointments that they face. They can develop the understanding that trouble does not have to derail us, but that difficulties make us stronger and God uses those difficulties to mold us into the disciples that he wants us to be. Now, disappointments are tied directly to hopes and expectations. The things that happen in your head, your hopes, your expectations, when someone or something does not come through for you as you had hoped. Now, I wanna talk about disappointments related to our personal desires, our plans, our hopes, and they come in all different sizes, small, medium, large, extra large, extra, extra large, all different things. But how do we deal with, and what do I mean by that? Deal means to take action with respect to a thing or person, to be able to handle competently or successfully, to cope. So I want you to think about some of the disappointments that you have faced or maybe you're facing currently. I always talk about the fun stuff, like disappointment, self-control, patience, you know. Today, let's talk about disappointment. You know, when I spoke to our students on a Wednesday night, occasionally it happens that somebody's not really paying attention. And so when that happens, like I like to go down among them and walk and stand next to them and talk. I enjoy that. But 
when I do that, you know, I ask them, I'm like, tell me your disappointments. I love it because they're so honest. They're like flunking a test, new zit, getting dumped, you know, being grounded. They're, they're truthful. And I would love that, to do that today, but you guys aren't usually that truthful. <laughs> That's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> but I do want you to think about a disappointment so that you can evaluate this message and see if any of these po- points apply to your situation. It's Christmas time. This is the season of all things bright, beautiful, shiny, and expensive, and sometimes disappointing, right? When all of our families are coming together, it's a perfect opportunity to have your expectations crushed, those hopes dashed. You know, you might be fearing disappointing your kids or other people that you're buying gifts for with the gifts that you can actually afford. You may disappoint yourself by going into debt again at Christmas. You know, I don't really think that that's Jesus's plan for Christmas. I think that might be the devil's plan for Christmas, like for you to go into debt. Try not to do that. But we all have our portion of disappointment to deal with at Christmas time. And you know, sometimes the things that disappoint us are very small things. They're insignificant things that we can waste time and energy over by by dwelling on them. And recently, I was so disappointed by something. It was my, my Christmas pillows. Like I shopped, I ordered online, I returned, I exchanged, I rearranged, I fluffed. And like all my hopes of this cozy, beautiful Christmas arrangement were being, they just kept coming up short. It was so disappointing. And I know you guys are thinking, is she really that shallow? All the men in here are saying, where's Pastor Rodney? Get him back on the stage. Give me some news I can use. She said Christmas pillows. And you're disappointed, right? (laughs) I see how easily disappointment strikes. Like out of nowhere, you're doing all good. Sitting here enjoying Sunday morning and disappointment. Boom, right there. You can deal with it, okay? Sometimes we're disappointed over stupid things. We make mountains out of mohills. But there's other times that we face very significant disappointments. And we have to know how to deal with them. And it takes godly wisdom to know how to respond to disappointments, big and small. We can face them. We can take action and handle them. And usually the most utterly disappointing disappointments come from realities that were so Normal, like realistic expectations. Things that you just knew were gonna happen, like that you didn't have a question about, like you just knew it was gonna happen, and then it didn't happen. That is the most painful disappointment. When someone else makes a decision that you never thought possible, that you never saw coming, and it's out of your control, you know, some, you might find out that someone isn't the person you thought they were. Promises have been broken, lies have been uncovered, When the people you love compromise, make decisions that bring devastating consequences, and sometimes you feel all you can do is sit back and watch and suffer in silence, it hurts. And you know, it's interesting to note how other people's decisions and their actions affect us. And we get so disappointed by other people. Usually our disappointments are directly tied to others, people we love. 
I find it's really easy to see how other people let me down or disappoint me. But it's very difficult for me to see how I disappoint and let down the people who love me. It's something to think about. Is there someone you have disappointed or let down that you need to reconcile with? If you ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you've hurt or disappointed others, he will show you. And it's not to punish you or condemn you. The Holy Spirit wants us to walk in the light of truth, in the freedom of truth. And he will give us the power to face disappointing realities so that we can resolve the disappointment and move past it. He doesn't want that to linger, to hover over us, weighing us down, to hover between us, separating us from the people that we love. He wants us to resolve it. Now, I have disappointed Pastor Rodney deeply at different times in our marriage. I've disappointed my kids, my parents, my friends. And asking the Holy Spirit to reveal those disappointments to me is not fun. It's troubling. It's painful. But it's given me hope for the future and a picture of who I want to be in their lives. When I see the truth of how I've hurt them in the past, when I see the truth of that, I can make a decision and say who I want to be and move forward. We do not have to be trapped by the past. We can learn from it and move forward. One example I'm gonna share with you, I just wince to tell it. About eight years ago, when Love OKC, that miraculous one day event that occurs in late summer, early fall, and all, it touches all these lives. Back when it was in its embryonic stage, like only a discussion, I regret to tell you that when Pastor Rodney brought that up to me and was sharing his hope and his desire for this event, I was very hateful, negative, and critical about it. I said, you always have these grand, big ideas that everybody else can carry out for you. You boss everybody around and we do all the work. You can only imagine, right? I don't have to expound any further. You've got good imaginations. I'm so ashamed of that. Like look at what love I could see has become by the grace of God. So many lives touched by that. So many people encouraged. I hate to say that I was so negative and critical but I'm so thankful that my attitude did not shut my husband down, but rather the power of Christ and his commitment to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit kept him moving forward. And I'm thankful for that now. But you know, you might have somebody in your life who's hateful and critical. You need to follow his example and you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and you still need to move forward and you still need to walk in obedience. You know, it's taken a long time for me to hear the Holy Spirit and to open my eyes to the hurt and the disappointment that I caused him. And whenever I did see that reality of my behavior, I recognized that I was choosing to be a tool in the hand of the enemy to criticize and to try to shut him down. And you know, I saw that picture and I realized I don't want to be that hateful critic always looking for an opportunity to take him down a notch. 
I don't want to be that. I want to be an encouragement to him. I want him to desire to share his hopes and his heart with me, not wince when he has to tell me what's coming. I realized when I saw that in myself that I desire mercy and therefore I have to show mercy. When I understand how I've disappointed other people, it gives me grace to deal with others when they disappoint me. Maybe it can help you too. If you get alone with God, as Pastor Rodney preached last week, and allow him to show you how you've disappointed someone you love, maybe it will help you show mercy the next time you face disappointment. On a lighter note, enough of that confession. I've also learned how to disappoint my husband in gift giving, okay? Like, there's, there's so many ways you can disappoint people, but he's kind of hard to buy for. Like, he's a little bit picky, and he really already has everything he wants, and if he needs something, he's going to go get it himself. Also, he doesn't like stuff being around. Like, I'm the pack rat. He's the excavator. He's always trying to get rid of things and give them away. And I'm like, no, no, I need that. And, you know, Pastor Rodney, I mean, Pastor Clint used to ask my advice on what to get Pastor Rodney for his birthday. But after this happened, he quit asking me. (laughs) But I thought it was such a great idea. I mean, it was like something unique and one of a kind that he could cherish for a long time and remind him of what he loves. You want to see a picture of it? Okay, here's actually two pictures of it because I didn't have a good camera at that time. It's an artist portrayal of the dogs we love. I mean, we love those dogs. You know we love those dogs. When he opened the gift, you talk about disappointment. He, he, he dropped it in a hot second and moved on so quickly to discuss it when we got home alone. I won't tell you what he said, but anyway. Okay, look at this next picture. Okay, see, there's the painting in the back. By the way, it has mysteriously disappeared. Look at my face. Like, I'm so happy it's Christmas. Look at his face. Look at that fake smile. That is a better fake smile than what he produced at the staff Christmas party. I mean, he was not happy. And so expectations happen all the time, even with the best intentions. Even with the best intentions. Okay, now I want you to look at the difference between how individuals, people trying to obey God, to apply his word to their life, how they react and respond to disappointment versus the non-biblical ways that we can choose to respond to disappointment. We see those things in ourselves and in the culture around us. And so when I was at North Students, I asked them, I'm like, how do people respond to disappointment? And again, they gave me the most marvelous, honest answers. They said, get drunk, (laughs) get high, you know, medicate, get revenge. I had a young man in the back row raise his hand and say, sexual activity. I'm like, yes, (laughs) pornography. I mean, all these things, shop, we can go shop. You know, all the things that we do to try to stop the pain that we're feeling. I learned a long time ago in a Bible study that when you start abusing drugs or alcohol to escape your problems, you stop maturing. Teenagers and kids who start using alcohol or drugs to cope with their problems never mature mentally past the age that they choose to start abusing. 
That is why we have adults still acting like teenagers and they cannot deal with the problems of life. In Lisa Turkhurst's new book, she says this, quote, feeling the pain is the first step toward healing the pain. The longer we avoid the feeling, the more we delay our healing. We can numb it, ignore it, or pretend it doesn't exist. But all those options lead to an eventual breakdown, not a breakthrough. So good. So when you mature, you learn to deal with life's problems, not medicate them or run from them, ignore them, but face them with the power of Christ. So I want us to look at Romans chapter 12, my favorite chapter, verses one and two. This is from the message version. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life that's laced with disappointments, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. It's also the best thing you can do for you. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God, God alone brings the best out of you. It strikes me how we think that there's these other things in life that are gonna bring out our best. God alone brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. That is so good. Take that home and meditate on that all week. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can deal with disappointment. And so we're gonna look at a few ways based on Romans 12, one and two, that we can learn to deal with disappointment. Number one, fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. Fasten your attention on God. Verse two said, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. Don't be so busy and distracted that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Talk to him. As Pastor Rodney preached last week, get alone with God. Fix your attention on him. Fight your worries. Fight the distractions. Fight the enemy of your soul who thwarts you continually with lies and defeating thoughts. Remember God's goodness. He is good and his ways are best. Choose not to wallow in your disappointment. We have a choice. We can meditate on our hurt and our disappointment or we can seek God and what he wants from us and give it to him. Get your mind off of the person who disappointed you and focus your mind on God. A long time ago, I read Corey Tim Boom's biography. If you've read it, she was a Dutch Nazi Holocaust survivor. Her family helped hide Jews and then she was imprisoned in a concentration camp and she survived. Like she experienced a little disappointment, a whole lot more than a little. And she said this, she said, 
If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. I want you to hold on to that at Christmas time. Because at Christmas, if you're looking at everybody else's tree and what they got under their tree and what you don't, you're going to be distressed. If you look within and what you have to offer just in yourself, like me, you'll be depressed. But if you fix your eyes on Christ, you can receive his rest. He came to give us rest. Apply that, hold on to it through Christmas. You know, the deepest disappointments in my life have occurred when I wanted someone or something more than I wanted Jesus and his will. How do I know that I wanted that person or thing more than Jesus? Because my thoughts were fixed on that person, that situation, that thing. I was consumed with worry over that person and that situation that I could not control. What can you control? You, you alone, and you can control yourself. You know that whatever we're focused on, that disappointment, that feeling, whatever it is that we want something more than Jesus, that thing or person is an idol, and idols always disappoint. Nothing in creation is worthy of worship, our fixed attention and adoration. All of creation, including you and I, were all tainted by sin and the fall of man. Only the creator himself is worthy of our attention and our adoration, our worship. He's worthy of the number one spot. He is the only one worthy to sit on the throne of your heart and your life, to be your ultimate love. And anytime another person or thing is in that number one spot of your heart, you are choosing to set yourself up for disappointment and you're disobeying God. In Exodus chapter 20, verse three, he tells us, you are to have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Why did he say that? He knows what we're created for. He knows when we worship other things, we're gonna be hurt and disappointed. He's not telling you that to limit you. He's telling you that to bless you and prosper you. So how are the loves ordered in your heart? What do you love most? What is occupying your number one spot? What is tearing you up the most? Maybe that's the thing that's occupying the throne of your heart, which was created for Christ alone. Anything else, any good thing, a child, a church, a spouse, a job, a dream, anything in that number one spot besides God is an idol and it will disappoint you. So fix your attention on him, get alone with him, focus on him. Number two, learn to give thanks no matter what. Learn to give thanks no matter what. Develop your skill of thanksgiving. Build habits in your life of giving thanks. Be intentional about it. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 18 says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you've been wondering what God wants you to do, 
with your life? Like start here. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in your current circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say give thanks for the circumstances that you're facing. It says in, in all things, in all circumstances. As verse two of Romans 12 had said, it said being changed from the inside out. If you wanna be changed from the inside out, that change is supercharged with gratitude. If you wanna change, find a way to be thankful. You can do it. I was reminded this last week on my social media of choice, Instagram. I'm not a Facebook fan, I'm, I'm Instagram. And I saw this post and it said, an unplanned pregnancy saved all of us. Do you hear that? An unplanned pregnancy saved all of us. Can you even begin to understand the disappointment of Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, when he learned the news that Mary was pregnant? Mm, I cannot. You know, if you've been in love and you've been engaged, you understand all the hopes and the desires of that time. So exciting and that's totally natural and healthy. But can you imagine the sickening disappointment of finding out that the person you plan to marry is pregnant and it's not your baby? That hurts. But you know what our amazing God did? He worked through that disappointment, all the pain of that disappointment that Mary suffered, that Joseph suffered, their families, all the cruelty that Jesus endured in his life on earth. There was a higher plan for it all. It was for our good. It was because he loves us. Our God is amazing like that. Be thankful for what is good in your life and trust that God can turn anything around and he can bring good out of whatever we place in his hands by faith. Giving thanks is an act of faith. It forces your mind off of your problem and onto God's goodness. You know, it frightens me how unbelievers ignore God and do not thank him for the good things that we all experience in this beautiful life that we live. Believers should be living their lives giving thanks in all circumstances. Do you wanna get to the end of your life and look back and see that you were ungrateful and unthankful? How easy is it to go through the motions and never be thankful? Super easy. We do it all the time. But there's so much beauty around us, so many things to be thankful for. And you know, life according to our feelings seems like a roller coaster with ups and downs and twists and turns. And sometimes it feels like we're going down and down and down and down. But the truth is, is that life, even though we face unexpected ups and downs, on this roller coaster ride, there's always two parallel tracks. There's always good happening and there's always bad happening. You feel one or the other, but there's always good and there's always bad. There's always good, a new life being born, for example, all over the world in hospitals and huts. New babies are coming into this world and bringing joy, new life. 
Some people even do it in their houses in like a swimming pool. That's not my speed, but people do it. But you know, at the exact same time in those same hospitals and different homes, lives are exiting. They're going into eternity. There's grief and there's loss. We're not instructed as believers to ignore the pain. Romans chapter 12, a few verses later in verse 15, it tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. We can face the realities that need to be mourned. We can grieve our losses. We are not instructed to pretend that they never happened. But we can also choose to engage thankfulness with mourning. We can acknowledge the goodness and power of our faithful God even when our hearts are hurting. Number three, refuse to give up. Refuse to give up. Don't give up. Grow up. Okay, again, I was talking to North students when I wrote this initially. Grow up. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Again, look at Romans 12, verse two. It said, don't allow our culture to drag you down to its level of immaturity. Facing problems is how we learn, grow, and mature, and we get stronger with every trial that we overcome. Refuse to stop trusting God. Determine to get alone with Him and let Him work in you. Don't give up. A few weeks ago, it's been a while now, I was listening to this awesome message by Rick Warren about preparing yourself to be used by God. And in in that message, he suggested that if you wanna be used by God, you need to get alone and you need to get a notepad and a pen and you need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you all the things in your life that are separating you from God. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna do this. Made the time, got my notepad, got my cup of coffee, got my pen, started listening. So I made my list and I've already had my confession time with you all, so I'm not sharing my list. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit was very specific. And over the next few days, it was so interesting how in the most unexpected ways, through my quiet time in his word, through hearing other people, through different things, a random book, I mean, a random book, not any of the three that I have up here today, a random book. He spoke to me so clearly addressing the whys and the hows of what was separating us and how I could move into obedience with him. You might think that's no big deal, but I feel like when the God of this universe interacts in my little life, when he puts his finger Right where, the, right where it's bleeding. When he knows and he talks to me so directly and specifically that I could not produce that in my own power or understanding. When the God of the universe interacts with you, that is living. That is life. He is so good and he didn't put his finger in my heart to hurt me, to condemn me. He was loving me. He was bringing healing to me. Getting alone with God is good. Don't give up. Grow up. 
Don't miss out on the good that God has for you. Number four, build relationships that will encourage you, speak truth to you, and help you grow past your disappointment. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Build. Build is not easy. Build does not snap your fingers. It's not twinkle your nose. You know, build is work, right? It's intentional. Sometimes building people up is speaking painful truth to them. It's not just the things we want to hear. Build those relationships. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Who likes to carry a burden? Nobody. It's not fun. It's work. But that's how we build relationships. When you help a friend that is suffering, when you serve your brother or sister in Christ, you are fulfilling the law of Christ and you're building a relationship that is going to support you. We can't make it on our own. We cannot make it on our own. You must have godly friends to encourage you and help carry your burdens. As Pastor mentioned last week, we will face circumstances that are too much for us in ourselves. We need others to help us make it through. Embracing that is humility. It is the opposite of prideful, sinful self-sufficiency, which we all seem to be aiming for, right? We all wanna be self-sufficient. We all wanna think we can handle it all. Truth is we cannot. So how do you build those relationships to help you? Here are a few suggestions. Join a North group. In January, all our groups will be kicking off a new semester. Make a plan now to join a group or start a group. Be intentional about building godly relationships. And if you face a disappointment, don't give up. Keep trying. Also in January, the Women's Discipleship Team is going to host Coffee Talk. And this is our entrance to get connected to a mentor to help you grow in your faith and spiritual discipline. Find a mentor that can help you, whether it is through our efforts here at the church or if you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you the person that you should pursue to help you grow, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you and then go find that person and start serving them and build a relationship with that person. Now, I've mentioned this before. I've been mentored by several authors and I thought I might share with you some of my recent reads that are encouraging me and helping me grow spiritually. One is Max Lucado's Anxious for Nothing. I read this with a group of friends and we talked about it to deepen our understanding. Talking about it, building a relationship to help. Max expounds on Philippians chapter four, verses four through eight so well in this book. If you're struggling with anxiety, help yourself out. Read this book. I quoted earlier from this book, Lisa Turkhurst. It's not supposed to be this way. Finding unexpected strength when disappointments leave you shattered. You can see my bookmark in the middle. I haven't even finished it yet. I tend to have a few books going at the same time. If you're disappointed, build a relationship with this book. Spend time with it. Think about it. Talk about it with someone else. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring healing to your disappointment. 
Thirdly, this is our very own Haley Scully's book, Land and Sky. I've been so encouraged by her personal story interwoven with the truth of God's Word. I've been reading it with a young woman in our church and we both have been so inspired by Haley facing the realities of her disappointments, very realistic expectations that have not been fulfilled, but trusting God to fulfill her. She's flying, she's soaring despite unfulfilled expectations that she had in her mind and expecting God to exceed her expectations and bring something beautiful out of her life. So encouraging. Reach out to someone. Do the necessary work required to build a relationship that will help you grow. You might need to see a Christian counselor. We face very real problems and disappointments. We cannot pretend them away, ignore them away. We have to bring them up, give them air, let the power of the Holy Spirit bring healing to them and resolution. We have to choose to grieve them, to resolve them and move forward from them. One more little plug. In January, I'm gonna start a North group on Tuesdays. Then we'll be studying How People Grow by Drs. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. So you can be looking for that online in January. So earlier when I asked you to think of a disappointment, something personal that's happened in your life, did you think of something? Has the Holy Spirit revealed to you how you have disappointed someone you love? You may be saying, Shannon, the Holy Spirit doesn't need to reveal that to me. Satan beats me up with that all the time. Well, regardless of how you feel your spiritual need today, we all have a spiritual need. We are all spiritually bankrupt and desperately in need of a Savior, no matter how in touch we are with the reality of our spiritual condition. But the good news is, is that it's Christmas. Christmas is that time of year when we're reminded that heaven came to earth in the form of a baby. Reminded that heaven came into a stinky, dusty, dirty manger. Not a palace, not a clean hospital, a dirty, stinky manger, kind of like my heart. Heaven came down to walk this earth and take the punishment for our sins. Will you open the manger of your heart and allow a Christmas miracle to take place in you? Miracles do happen. Prayers are answered. We can change. Emmanuel, God with us, He is here and He offers His peace, His salvation, His healing to anyone who's willing to take Him in and obey and listen, be one with Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Christmas. Lord, that even when we look around and we face disappointments, You alone do not disappoint. God, there's hard things that we don't understand, but You are faithful. And you can turn anything around that we place into your hands by faith. Father, you see the pain that is here this morning. 
God, you know the deep disappointments and the suffering, but you are the healer. You alone are the healer, God. I pray for fingers this morning that have been gripping and holding on, holding on to that pain and nursing it over and over again. I pray that you would pry them off today, that they would loosen their grip and they would let it go. God, that you give them the power to forgive, to embrace the reality of the disappointment, to embrace the reality of the pain and allow your healing to bring resolve. You can do anything. Nothing is too difficult for you, God. We surrender to you, Lord, and we thank you for Christmas. Thank you that you are good and your ways are best. In Jesus' name, amen.